You're listening to the Arrowhead Adventure Cast, celebrating the spirit of outdoor adventure in Minnesota's Arrowhead region and beyond. Hey guys, have you ever dreamt about embarking on one of those life-changing bucket list types of adventures, such as through hiking the Appalachian Trail, paddling the entire Mississippi, or cycling from coast to coast? Sure, most of us have, but have you ever followed through on it? For most of us, the answer is no. But my guest today, Mark Swantak, has done all of those, and then some. Mark and I grew up together in a small town in Wisconsin's St. Croix River Valley. After school, we lost track of each other for a while, but of course, in the age of social media, we connected again a few years ago. That's when I noticed my old friend starting to do a lot of really cool things. We seem to run into each other on the trail every now and then, and this past weekend, our paths crossed in the Sawtooth Mountains near Lake Superior, where we built a campfire, and I asked him to tell me some stories of his adventures. All right, welcome, Mark. It's great to have you here on the Arrowhead Adventure Cast, live from a beautiful campfire, which is now my thing, have to be fireside, in the Finland State Forest. So, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. All right, so um, I'm gonna, we're going to be talking today about some of your exploits. Um, you know, we grew up together, essentially, in our hometown of Osceola, Wisconsin. We were Cub Scouts together, etc. But, uh, you know, how most people kind of seem like they disappear a while, you know, after college and stuff. And then with the magic of social media, we all of a sudden start reconnecting with people. And all of a sudden, you became an adventure badass <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> I think one of the first things I noticed that you were doing was once I, I came across a video of you kayaking in the early spring um, down the St. Croix River. And all of a sudden, there you are on an iceberg with a campfire going. Oh, yeah. Ice <laughs> kayaking. That was fun. <laughs> that was really cool. Where'd you get the idea for that, I just kind of said, hey, there's icebergs floating around, let's go paddle. Yeah, I'm not sure how. Maybe it was like that. I just saw ice out there, and uh, I got a little kayak. And then um, the first two times, it was hard to get up on. And once I got on it, it's like, you know what would be cool is if I could start a fire on here. <laughs> so <laughs> you go out in the woods, go get some firewood and kindling and stuff, and and started a fire. And then another time I'd go out there and say, you know, it'd be really cool if I could cook something. So I just baked an apple, really. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so ice kayaking is pretty fun. Yeah, so that was uh, one of the, the local things um, just back home I remember seeing you doing. Then didn't you, like, rappel off of Cascade Falls one time? Yeah, that was, <laughs> I saw people were, that was, like, a thing to do. And I was like, well, what's something close that I could do? And I was like, how about Cascade Falls? So... Yeah, just kind of went off there, went off at Eagle Point. Um, I was a little bit short, 20 feet short on rope to the bottom, so I had to swing into a little cliffside. <laughs> Always good to, to check the length of the rope before you repel. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Huh? <laughs> uh, so that was another um, kind of one of the very beginning things that I saw you doing, just these local fun, you know, things that people you would never think to do. You know, ice kayaking, rappelling off Cascade Falls, then weren't you training or something on the stairway to Cascade Falls? You know, there's 
it's, it's a nice stairway that goes down there. Didn't you do like a hundred reps on that or something one time? Yeah, I got a hundred reps. I think it was like three and a half hours, no stops. I think I stopped for a few seconds to go to the bathroom. Um, <laughs> but other than that, just running the whole time. Man. So yeah, so now every time I go to Cascade Falls, I'm like, oh, I'm on the Swantech Stairmaster. <laughs> so that was cool. And then weren't you finding all these caves down on the river too? And you went in one and there's like a bird or something living in there? Oh yeah. What was there's that about? A bunch of caves along the St. Croix River. Um, went to one called the Jesse James Cave. And it's supposed mm-hmm. to be like, the legend is where he hid some treasure, but the only thing in there was a bird that was squawking at us. <laughs> so, and then we went in an, another one that's by Taylor's Falls, Minnesota. And that's when I woke up a sleeping bear, and that's how I got my trail name, Sleeping Bear. Oh, so that's where that came from. Okay. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I was in there, and a friend was outside, <laughs> and I yelled back to him. I was like, it smells like dog poop in here. And uh, apparently that's what uh, hibernating bears smell like. <laughs> they smell like dog poop, huh? Yeah. Face to face with it, and he went down another tunnel, and I backed out because it was a crawling, you know, oh, wow. thing. So, so, yeah. So we got. So those are some of just your local adventures that kind of caught my eye um, back when you know we all started up with Facebooking and stuff, and then all of a sudden you just start getting after it and start um, really doing some big time stuff. So one thing immediately comes to mind. I see there is a picture of you at Itasca State Park, right where the Mississippi begins. And you've got a kayak and you're like, hey, I'm going to go paddle the Mississippi. Yeah, it was kind of interesting because, <laughs> um, you know, it's kind of this Mark Twain kind of a vibe, a little way, but it's an adventure. Um, and I was thinking I could do it super fast, like in in a month or something like a you know a record um but apparently that is not what i could do so kind of, kind of a long river yeah <laughs> the the sign says 2552 miles but uh i think it's longer than that <laughs> just um that must be when it's flooded and it wasn't flooded when i went mm-hmm. um so i made it um to the arkansas border and then had to go back to work and then oh. the following year i finished um, so within a calendar year, I, I finished the whole thing all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico. Awesome. So what was your favorite part of the Mississippi paddle? Oh, favorite part was, um, well, let's see. I think, uh, weekends were nice with, uh, people like the social thing because people would boat up and, Hey, what you doing? You want a beer? How about some fruit? But also uh, the beauty, especially like northern Minnesota, it's a little more wild, mm-hmm. clear water before it turns before to Mississippi mud. Before <laughs> it gets to the big muddy, right? Yeah, so I think between the beauty of the north woods and uh, the kindness of people, those are my two favorites. Uh-huh. Um, so when you were doing that, were you camping along the way? Did you have a, did you have a plan on where you were going to camp if you were doing that? How did that work? Yeah, so almost every night I camped on um, basically sandy shores or if there's a campsite or sometimes it was just mud. Um, Sometimes there's some friends that I stayed with. Um, uh, I stayed on a friend's boat once. um, And um, some people I I met in a lock. I was locking through. I think there's 29 locks. Mm. 
and they're asking me what I was doing. They let me stay in their cabin. They didn't even know me. They just kind of <laughs> like, hey, s- shut the door. It's locked, you know, and just leave in the morning. Like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> that's awesome. So, so what um, months of the year did you do this? So when I started, I started um, seven seven seventeen at seven a.m. Oh wow, cool. Um, and Lucky. then so uh, July and August of two thousand seventeen. And then it came back in June of 2018 to finish. Okay. How are the bugs? Northern Minnesota? Uh, yeah, there's good mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. And at night, I do some night paddling. There's tons of gnats. And so, um, and moss, you'd, I'd have my headlamp on to see, and you have the mosquito net, but there'd be so many bugs, it's really hard to see mm, yeah. where you're going. Gross. Did you um, ever encounter any of those, like, uh, those Asian carp that go flopping out at you? Oh, yeah. Um, like Illinois area, starting about there. It's the first one. They're kind of in the shallows, and I guess they're scared. So came in the shallow, and then all of a sudden you see the boils under the water. And then one jumped out of the water behind me, hit my back, and went in <laughs> behind, you know, on the other side of my kayak. Uh-huh. And it was freaking me out because they're just, you know, gross, basically. <laughs> Um, they didn't hurt me because I'm going so slow, but they're just gross. Mm-hmm. So I made a plan that uh, when they go out in the morning, you throw driftwood into the water. It kind of spooks them, and you okay. go where you threw the wood. And then when you're coming into the shallows, when I'm coming in, you tap the kayak, and they scatter. <laughs> so you have to have a strategy on how to deal with the Asian carp. Yeah. You'll see the motorboats you know, take off, and you see them jump, like, I don't know, 10 feet in the air maybe, oh, 5, wow. 10 feet. Ooh. So, yeah. That's weird. How about the barge traffic when you're getting farther south? Yeah, first barge traffic's just um, south of Minneapolis. It's not too bad. Um, the big tow barges that are going up and down, I think the most they can haul between the locks is 15 barges. Mm-hmm. So they're not too big. Um, it's the sides, when you come to a city, the anchored barges, the little bar or the little towboats, tugboats are working the sides, the banks, and you don't really know where they're going. They just mm-hmm. kind of come out and go in. So you're on the side and just hope they see you. The big ones, you know where they are most of the time, so they're not gonna bug you. Mm-hmm. Um, once you get south of Louisiana or uh, south of St. Louis, the last lock, mm-hmm. then I think the biggest barge tow I saw was 49 oh, barges, and they're big. And when they're going upstream, they throw huge waves. So you have to get your kayak aligned so you don't hit the wing dams that the Army Corps of Engineers put up, these little dams along the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, if the barge is making a corner, you got to kind of plan it out so you don't get all the waves because it'll just, like, wow. put you in a dishwasher. Hmm. And then, so, yeah, how was it around the bigger cities like St. Louis and Memphis and New Orleans, things like that? i say Baton Rouge was the hardest one. I almost got between two little tugboats working the sides. Mm-hmm. I, they must have not seen me until last minute. I was waving my paddle up in the air. But one, I was really close to the anchored barges, and one was came out from the side, and the other one was coming from the other side. Mm-hmm. And I was really close, but then one started turning towards the barges that were anchored, and I thought he was going to, like, skim them. And I thought I'd get crushed, so I went out into the river further. But then he changed course, so now I'm between both of the barges, or both of the tugboats. And I'm like, 
feeling like I'm going to get squished. And so I wave mm-hmm. the paddle. I think they're maybe just messing with me, but I don't know. But then they move apart, and then I just get washed with water. Oh, man. Oh, crazy. So then did you paddle right into the Gulf then? Yep. So I just uh, kept going um, through New Orleans and uh, way down the Gulf. When you get to mile zero, it's still 10 miles to the Gulf of Mexico. I took the Southern Pass. There's three passes. And lots of alligators in the Southern Pass. So oh, yeah? Stay out of their way. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. <clears throat> so you got down there, and then then what? <laughs> yeah. What did you have planned to? Well, you got to paddle upstream. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I read on the um, some journals that some people would catch rides from the fishermen mm-hmm. going up, but it was... It's 20 miles to Venice, Louisiana, the last town. So I paddle upstream. It's 17 miles. I got a thunderstorm coming up behind me. Mm. No ride. But finally, a crab fishing boat comes up, gives me a ride the last three miles. Um, so that was awesome. And they had some amazing stories hmm. on the crab boat. Uh-huh. So they're cool. like, <laughs> they said I was doing something crazy, but one guy showed me a picture of him wrestling an alligator. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he was really doing the crazy thing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So that's cool. So, yeah, just you must have met a lot of interesting people down the Mississippi, huh? Yeah, for sure. There's uh, just kind of, it changes the way uh, people talk and stuff, but people are just people no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. Cool. So that's kind of one of those lifetime achievement goals right there that you went and paddled the length of the Mississippi. So then all of a sudden you're on the Appalachian Trail, the big guy. Yeah, that was uh, a whole new thing than paddling. <laughs> right? So now you're, you, there's no going with the current on the AT, is there? No, I learned pretty quick. You can't carry 200 pounds of, uh, you know, I had about 200 pounds of gear and food and beer <laughs> when I paddled, but Hiking, I started, I thought I was pretty light with 40 pounds uh, of gear on my back, but and uh, but I learned <laughs> quickly not to carry that much weight. Mm-hmm. So did you, how, how did you do the AT? Did you go south to north, or what direction did you go? Uh, I went northbound. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So when did you start um, your Appalachian Trail hike? That was, I think, February 26th of 2018. Okay. Springer Mountain, all right. So, of the AT, what are um, some memorable moments there? You know, leaving Georgia, does it take a while to get, you know, kind of acclimatized, you know, get your trail muscles worked in? How did that work for you? Yeah, first thing, uh, I think it was called Neil's Gap. Um, I just unloaded a lot of my food. It was just too heavy. Mm -hmm. I had, like, 20 days of food, and you only need, like, three to five days of food before you can resupply in a town. So. Got rid of the weight. So you learned that real quick. And then um, I didn't have trekking poles, and I thought that was just extra weight, but my knees hurt so bad coming down the hills that I just got sticks. And uh, eventually I got to a hostel, and they had some used trekking poles that somebody was just getting rid of at Laughing Heart Hostel. Mm -hmm. So I took those, and uh, that solved my knee problems. Excellent. So... Went from start in Georgia, and then you hit, what's on top of that, Tennessee? Uh, North Carolina. North Carolina, first you had a little part there. Yeah, and then, and then a little bit was... of 
Tennessee, I think you're just skirting it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And Virginia, 14 states, I can't, <laughs> can't remember right. them all. You must be West Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New York. Oh, wait, no, you go through, like, Massachusetts and stuff, don't you? Or Connecticut. And... Yeah, there you get pretty much all of them uh, yeah. right up the north, north side there. Right. So went through the Smokies then, right? Mm -hmm. How was that? Did you have uh, any bear action there? Um, no, I was pretty early. It was pretty snowy in the Smokies. Um, Clingman's Dome, I can't remember if that's the Smokies, but that's the highest point. But it was just snow and ice, and it was totally foggy. So I had no view. That's the highest point <laughs> on the AT. Uh -huh. And um, I was trying to get bigger miles in. I started hiking with some faster people, but... Um, it was just so cold. The coldest night, it got down to zero degrees. Mm. Which I'm used to cold, but I do not have cold gear with. Yeah. And um, we're sleeping in Overmountain Shelter, which is like an old tobacco barn. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember that's my only zero on the trail. Zero is when you don't hike. Mm -hmm. And um, so you only had one zero day. Yeah. Wow. And um, but everybody just stayed through the storm there. It's just so cold, and we didn't have. So I feel so cold that I had a pea bottle and a froze salad. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> like, oh, mm. yeah, it was a tough. Jeez. So what was kind of the toughest part of the AT for you? I think um, that cold snap that we had in the Smokies and not mm -hmm. having the gear, warmth okay. gear, it was tough. Mm -hmm. um, the terrain, well, McCusick Notch, uh, the terrain there was insane. You can't, it's like hand over fists, you're crawling up stuff, you gotta take your backpack off and crawl under rocks. Mm. It was during a thunderstorm. Oh, no. So that just like brought it up farther. Oh, There's man. people halfway, when you come out of McCusick Notch, you're going up this huge cliff over a, the next bald, and there's a thunderstorm, and people are like wading in the tree line. It's like, aren't you gonna wait for the lightning to pass? And I'm like, I just survived this last part, I don't care, <laughs> I'm just gonna go. <laughs> I'd say those two things that went through and then the Makuzik Notch. Okay. Is Pennsylvania as rocky as they say? Yeah, they say that's where hiking boots go to die. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Pennsylvania was definitely my worst state because I had a cold mm. uh, during that week. And um, I got new shoes, so um, the, the rocks weren't too bad, but it just turns your ankles and it was hot. Oh, Pennsylvania rocks are terrible. <laughs> How was, um, <clears throat> once you got up into uh, the top part of New England before you get into Maine, how were those mountains up in there? Yeah, the whites are, they're beautiful, but they're tough. Uh, mm -hmm. Massachusetts and New Hampshire there, um, they have a hut system, so you can do work for stay, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. uh, they only take maybe one or two people, but you just you know clean their freezer, um, wash your floors, whatever, and you get to stay in the hut, which is usually like 100 bucks for other people. Oh, nice. Um, but the views are spectacular there. Cool. And then, um, then I've always wanted to hike Maine. Still haven't gone up in there yet. How is Maine and like the 100-mile wilderness or something? Or? Yeah, the 100-mile wilderness, um, it's beautiful. Um, you feel like you're away from the towns. There's little spots you can still get off. There's little roads here and there, and there's um, little hunting places that serve, like, lemonade. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you're not, like, way out there, and there's shelters and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, 
but it is uh, more beautiful. I think it has that north woods feel to it, kind of like northern Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Cool. So then what were those last couple of days like when you know that you're, you know, from how many months that you've been on the trail, that it's coming to, coming to a close and you're getting close up there at the top? Yeah, so you, you get in Baxter State Park and, um, you know, it just feels like a celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you meet up with other hikers. You're just kind of like, um, you get that last summit permit at the office and you stay in, you, there's really only one place you can camp in Baxter Park. It's for all the through hiker trash. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so you're just kind of like, there's a buzz going on and when you're going to summit. Mm-hmm. Um, I went up super early in the morning and it was kind of foggy, so I didn't have the greatest views. Um, but And then but it came got, back the same way. But you got to that sign. You yeah. got the, the victory up there on that feel. Oh, yeah. I was tearing up a little bit, mm-hmm. and I was trying to figure out how am I going to record this, and two guys just happened to come up. So I took a little mm-hmm. picture shot up there and took a little video. So nice. it was emotional. That's got to be after, you know, when you get into that... I mean, even after an extended weekend or a week on the trail, you get into that trail rhythm where everything just seems to make sense and you're just, you know, wake up, hike, eat, hike, sleep, you know, yeah. over and over and over and over. And if you've getting going for that long, it's got to be embedded into your psyche. Right? Yeah, there's nothing that's going to stop you at that point. You're so close. And mm-hmm. it's not an easy finish. It's um, oh, right. You're grabbing on a rebar. You know, your poles are hooked up to your um, pack because you can't, can't pull, and you're above the tree line. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's wild. And then there's another nice ridge. You can go out a different way, but it's so windy um, mm-hmm. that I didn't feel safe doing the nice ridge, so I came back the way I came. Okay, cool. So AT, down, another thing that any other person would probably be their life achievement, paddling in the Mississippi, AT. And then, hey, let's go bike across the country from the West Coast to the East Coast. So when did that happen? Yeah, so that was basically just after the Appalachian Trail. There's a window um, that I could do something else. Well, you know, I thought it was a pretty good window. So I went out to my niece's place in Montana, trained a little bit uh, for bicycling, and uh, and came home and left September-ish. well, I took a flight out to Portland and then bus out to Haystack Rock on the on the coast. Mm-hmm. And then started biking kind of south on Highway 101. Um, and then took uh, took a left and took Tillam or uh, right at Tillamook and took uh, Highway 20 pretty much all the way across the country. <laughs> so how many, uh, like what were your mileage days on, on that? I think I averaged... 83 was the total average, but there's some lows and highs in there. So, mm-hmm. what was your biggest day? Uh, I want to say 124, 125-ish. Really? Well, where was that? Mm, I don't even remember, but it must have <laughs> been flat. a tailwind. <laughs> yeah, it's a tailwind and somewhere pretty. Must have been tailwind flat. in Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> right, just getting sucked east. Awesome. So, where did you end up? So I got to the. Atlantic Ocean on um, Plymouth Rock. Oh, cool. You went to Plymouth Rock. Yeah, awesome. Haystack Rock to Plymouth Rock. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of, 
I don't know. It didn't feel like an epic finish because it's just no? a very small rock with a big stamp of the mm-hmm. date. And the Mayflower wasn't even there. It was being it wasn't. fixed oh, or something. Jeez. So I decided to go north. So I went to Boston. It happened to be the Boston Red Sox uh, just won the World Series and there's their parade. <laughs> and I remember the date. It was Halloween uh-huh. of 2018. So got that. And then I'm like, I'm going to go north a little bit, get out of Boston. So you're still biking at this point? I'm still bicycling. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, let's look for the epic finish, if, if that wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. And then I, it's Halloween night. I'm in Salem, Massachusetts. Oh, Halloween in Salem. How yeah, awesome is that's that? where I slept. Oh. <laughs> right Were you the, camping then? Or? Yeah, well, I was trying to find a place, and it was like crazy downtown. There were like <laughs> people were at the, the cemetery. Police were at the cemetery guarding graves. Uh-huh. Apparently they used to dig them up or something. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Jeez. I went down to the ocean, uh, to the lighthouse there and, uh-huh. and slept in the park. Cool. So on this whole trek, were you um, pretty much, when you were biking, were you camping most of the time there? Yeah, I didn't have a tent. I had a bivy sack, which was very uncomfortable. Yeah? Especially if it rained. Um, oh, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> so how long did this take you? It was 41 days to get all the way across to Plymouth Rock. And then okay. about another week, I went up the eastern seaboard. I ended up going up to... Portland, Maine, mm-hmm. and then took a bus to New York City, and then biked mm-hmm. from New York City to Boston to catch a flight out. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, and then New York Marathon was in New York. I I slept in Central Park the night before and watched the New York Marathon. <laughs> oh, awesome! The next day. Surprised you didn't run it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that would have been kind of cool. So. Awesome. So you, <laughs> I didn't know about the whole Salem thing on Halloween. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> the way to finish that up. Okay. So there we are. Bike across the country. Another achievement that would be a lifetime achievement for most people. But you have that and the AT and paddling down the Mississippi now. So now we're going to go do what? Uh, hike the Pacific Crest Trail? Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. 2000, well, last year. Yep. Um, my start date 2019 yeah um april 6th i think was my start date okay which was kind of early because february 14th of last year they got a big snow dumping late in sierra nevadas Mm -hmm. so i was like oh it'll be fine i'm used to snow whatever Mm -hmm. so i start hiking and um start getting snow by the the fourth day just a little bit but just enough to and you're way down there yeah Mexican you know, border, Mexican right? border, <laughs> jeez, basically, and um, then I um, had some sketchy stuff. I was like, I wanted to do this one section before Idlewild, California, and uh, there's a new section just opened, and almost fell off a cliff there. Was, oh no! Yeah, I didn't have an ice axe at that point, mm. so I just used my trekking poles to self-arrest. Oh man! And then I I backed out of there. Um, and came down the mountain and then took the trail most people were taking, the alternate trail. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like tons of snow. And then you come out of the snow and, and then you're in the Mojave Desert. And then I, I pretty much passed everybody. And I was first out of the like 700-mile 700, 700 section. Mm-hmm. It was really early, way before Easter. And the Sierra Nevadas were just packed full of snow. So I decided to um, wait about a month and come back in a month for the Sierra Nevadas to melt a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's where you came back to hike the SHT, right? Yeah. 
I figured since I'm here, I might, might as, as well do, this do something and keep uh, keep in shape. Yeah. And so I heard that you were doing that, and that's right when uh, Trail Fitters was having their challenge for the year. And I remember I missed you by like two days at McCarthy Creek, and I saw you signed the the trail register. I'm like, oh, sleeping bear. <laughs> and so um, then I ran into you. I was I was hiking up Carlton Peak, which I did today, in fact. Nice. And uh, I, also I look up, and then here you are coming down the <laughs> coming down the mountain, and I'm going up. I'm like, hey, look, it's Mark. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like you were pretty surprised. I didn't expect to see anybody I knew. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that was really cool to run into you there. Yeah. So how was your SHT through hike then? It was it was great. It was great training. It's um, a lot hillier than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. And um, I just, I kind of pushed because I wanted to be in really good shape when I got back to the, the PCT. Mm-hmm. And um, You were making huge miles. Yeah, it's like 30-mile days maybe. Right, that's insane. I think maybe I did it in 11 days. I'd have to look back. I'm not sure. I remember seeing where you were, where you were going, and stuff like that. And I'd be like, holy cow, that's like three days worth of hiking <laughs> than you were doing, you know, in the day. Yeah. So I was really impressed on your speed on that. Yeah, thanks. I'd go um, late into the night, so. Wow. And that was a good thing about doing it in June, so you have a lot Tons of... Tons of light. Yeah. Right. Uh, have you had much experience on the SHT before that? Yeah, I've hiked parts of it ever since being in college mm-hmm. uh, in the 90s. I'd do little sections here and there. Um, and then, yeah, so. So what was your favorite part of the SHT? that hike on that hike uh let's see i've anytime i came to a stream for water was amazing <laughs> a highlight <laughs> yep especially in june i suppose right yeah i just i'd sit down i'd soak my feet i'd fill my water bottle and you know filter it through my sawyer and have some peanut m&ms and it was just it was so good it was other people would walk by me and you're drinking that water because it's you know <laughs> discolored, but right. it's, no, it's so good. It's better than my home water through the filter. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, you did the SHT in record time as you waited for the, not record time, but you know, in my yeah. mind, insane time. So waited for the snow to mount in the Sierras. Then um, when did you go back to the PT- PTC then? Um, it was. It'd be just before 4th of July, so must have been that last, maybe that last weekend of June. Okay. So you pick up in the Sierras. So how did that go? Was the snow down considerably by that time? Oh, yeah. It was It was great because there was, you know, footprint trails, so you didn't have to figure out where the trail was. And uh, it was great. There's still a lot of snow and a lot of the parts, the trail, you couldn't take the legit trail. You just went with the footprints because there's avalanche dangers. And mm-hmm. and the streams were raging in the afternoons. So you, you time that out so you don't get drowned. Mm-hmm. But they're beautiful. It was, you know, yeah. intimidated. There's no phone service out there. There's, you know, there's there's helicopter rescues, I guess. But they're sometimes $30,000. So you just take your time <laughs> a little bit, but push when you can. Mm-hmm. So how was, um, so in the Sierras, um, you went up Whitney then, right? Yeah, um, Whitney's kind of a spur trail. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so we, we started that one super early. I don't know if we 
time did we start? I think about three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So we're down at the the ranger camp that's just before it off the PCT. And um, there's kind of avalanche alleys where all the trees are blown down once mm-hmm. in a while. So going through that in the dark and there's snow with headlamps. You're trying to follow the other headlamps because everybody's trying to, to summit yeah. Whitney early in the morning. And you get up about halfway through and that pre-dawn light starts um, reflecting off Guitar Lake, I think it's uh-huh. called. And it's just gorgeous. Mm, the range of light. Yeah. Awesome. And then uh, Yosemite. How'd you like that? It was good. I was, um, that's a long ways to go without resupply. Mm-hmm. So uh, almost ran out of food a couple times. There's this place called Red's Meadow that luckily they had some food in their hiker boxes, you know, extra food other people aren't mm-hmm. using from their, they sent food there. It's kind of expensive. I think it's 80 bucks to send food there. Oh boy. So we were just like seagulls and took the extras. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but it was beautiful. It's just, it's a long expanse, way more rugged than the 100 mile wilderness of mm-hmm. the AT. Right. So California, that's kind of a long state. A lot of hiking through California, huh? Yeah. Um, it's Take like a while? Half of it. <laughs> yeah, it took a couple months, I think. <laughs> yep. Get through all of California. So then you hit Oregon. How'd you like that? Yeah, there's a lot of lakes in Oregon. So I remember just like jumping in them. I, I look forward to that. You get kind of hot. So you just jump in the lake mm-hmm. with your clothes on and then kind of wash your clothes keep you clean and uh, cool you down mm-hmm. and you keep on hiking. So Oregon was cool. Awesome. And then you get Washington. I remember I was out at Mount Rainier National Park and I remember you were kind of closing in. <laughs> you weren't that far. And I was like, oh, would that be cool to run into you <laughs> out there, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be cool. That's a lot bigger expanse. <laughs> right. <laughs> Washington, the, the clouds and the snow just... I don't know, made that contrast between the mountains. There's so many colors and the sometimes the clouds would hit a gap in the mountains and then it's the cloud base would go straight up the mountains and then sneak over the gap but not the mountain tips. Mm-hmm. It just felt like you'd walk into this cloud. Oh, it was pretty cool. cool. That's awesome. So you finish the Pacific Crest Trail, um, did you say you had to like hike backwards again when you hit the border? Yeah, I hit the border I didn't have my passport with, so I went 30 miles back south to Hearts Pass. Mm-hmm. And then uh, caught a, luckily caught a hitch out and stayed at a hostel. And then had a friend from high school pick me up and, and bring me back. Okay. So now we've got two of the classic long trails done. Um, Anything that really stood out to you that was different between the Pacific Crest and the Appalachian Trails? They're just, they're two totally different uh, hiking experiences. They're mm-hmm. just people sometimes try to compare them like which one's harder. Mm-hmm. I'd say in my mind they're equal, they're just different. Mm-hmm. They took about the same amount of days for me. Okay. Um, it's just, you know, there's a little bit more social stuff on the Appalachian, mm-hmm. and it, the Appalachian's got a lot more elevation change mm-hmm. pacific crest trail you're out there farther and uh, the views are i think more vast um, mm-hmm. so if you need a little more isolation and uh, big big sky view type stuff uh-huh. yeah we'll do the pacific crest yeah excellent okay so now we've got 
another life achievement Pacific Crest. I know lots of people consider a through hug of the SHT, which you just did for biding your time, a life achievement <laughs> as well. You biked across the country. You've Appalachian trailed it. You've paddled the Mississippi. And now, the next thing we're going to do, we're going to say, you know, I already paddled the Mississippi. Now, why don't I just bike along it? <laughs> what? Where did that come from? That I kind of took me by surprise. I didn't really realize you were doing that. Well, I, I remember seeing... Um... MRT signs all over Minnesota, Mississippi River Trail. So I just kind of looked that up, and apparently it's a bicycle trail that goes all, the whole way, and it's supposed to be 3,000 miles. So that's where <laughs> my interest got. You said, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as I pedal it, Minnesota's really well marked, but the rest of the country is not. So I kind of <laughs> like oh, no. made up my own route for the rest of it. Uh-huh. So how long did that take you? That took uh, 20 days to get to um, Lake just... Itasca to Venice, Louisiana. Wow, that seems so short compared to most of your other yeah. stuff. <laughs> I think the paddling, it took 57 days. Okay. Huh. So 57 days on paddle and 20-some by pedal. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. So just <laughs> how did that experience um, compare? Was it just, I don't know, totally different or... Yeah, it was um, it it was a lot different per state because uh, just temperature and terrain mm -hmm. um, culture is different. Um, so it it just changed, and it was fast too. So maybe I just didn't have time to acclimate to the the change because it was like twice as fast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was cold. I remember being way cold up in northern Minnesota, and then. It, I think the coldest it got some nights in Louisiana was 78 degrees, with oh, close gross. to 100% humidity. So, oh, how could you sleep in that? I didn't. You just fan yourself with your hat and <laughs> wait for morning. Yuck. So, there we go. We biked the Mississippi, another thing that just kind of came out of nowhere. And then I think you kind of noticed that um, just this last week or so that I was out doing the summit challenge of the superior hiking trail association where they gave us a list of 12 summits and really obscure ones i might say there's a few of them that are kind of normal ones but a few of them you kind of had to go where the heck is that yeah so we so i've been doing that my friend uh, roberta laidlaw she did them all in as training for a boundary water trip she just did a little 10 uh 10 day solo trip in the boundary waters that she came back for from and she did that ahead of time. And I was kind of waiting for it to cool off, waiting for this time of year to really start at it. And I've got nine of them done now, just three left. But the official thing is you just have to do seven of them, and that's enough to qualify. Of course, I'm going to go for the 12. And so all of a sudden I saw that you had commented like, oh, summits of the SHT. And I had actually joked like a week or two before that. I go, yeah, Mark did the thing, the did the trail fitter challenge when he did his through hike um the year before and i said i bet you mark would try to do this in a day you know and i just <laughs> joked about it and then then you then you said something and i go what are you gonna try to do in a day and you're like yep <laughs> <laughs> so you've now done it you did one attempt what day was that monday or yeah i think monday uh i made 10 of them and it i just ran out of time it was dark and i was out of energy 
So And the fox wouldn't let you pass on Pincushion Mountain. Exactly, yeah. The fox <laughs> was assigned to stop. <laughs> <laughs> so then you rested for like a day or yeah. maybe two. Well, I did the one day of rest. I just walked the last two just to know mm-hmm. where just they were. Just to scout it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then yesterday, or yeah, it was yesterday you did them, <laughs> right? Yeah, yesterday, I started, since I was on the north side anyway, I just camped up on the the northern terminus and tell but and tell what woke you up because that was a fantastic story you just told me (laughs) it's in the middle of the night and i hear like this uh, you're in your car i'm sleeping in my truck and i hear this like it almost feels like (laughs) footprints on the ground and i hear this like sandpaper rubbing on my truck i'm like what the heck is that so i hit the button on my key fob thing to turn the lights on. Here's a moose is licking um, <laughs> where I cooked. It's licking the vehicle that I spilt my food on. Oh, that's awesome. And so I'm like, well, I'm up. Might as well get up to 270 overlook. Oh, man. So, all right, so moose wakes you up, and you go running up 270, get that awesome view of the Canadian border, and then you just pretty much just did them in order, huh? Yeah, I just, uh, I had it all planned out and uh, just took no time for anything else. Just like run, hike, and then back to the truck, set in my directions for the next thing, ate while I was driving, and then parked the next place and then just ran up the next thing and didn't stop for anything except for gas one time. Awesome. So 270, then the next one is probably what, Wildflower, I think is the next one then? That sounds right. And then Pincushion. Pincushion. Love the boardwalk there. Wow. Yeah, wasn't that just, it's brilliant how that trail was built by professionals. You can really tell. That was that it's good. not just volunteers like me. I mean, it was one beautiful trail. Man, is that nice. So Pincushion, uh, next one must be Hunter's Rock, I bet. That sounds right. Yep, because you went up the log stairway and yep. all that cool stuff to Agnes. And then that would be Glove would be the next one by Lutzen. Yep. And then must be Raven Rock probably. Yeah. The next that one. one I parked at the Teddy Gooch Wayside. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Yep. And then I biked into the state park, locked okay. my bike to the that trailhead there, mm-hmm. and then ran those trails up. Okay. So you got that at Raven. And then you must have went to... After Raven would be that, uh, the 12-mile view, I guess, would be the next one. Yeah, that's a long expanse between. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's, that's the longest one where you really have to drive these back roads by yeah. two harbors there. <laughs> it's, it's longer to drive off of the 61 to the trailhead than to actually go up and tag that thing. That, For I mean, sure. Heck, I even did it in like 12 minutes, and I'm like five times slower than you. You must yeah. have been up there in like two. <laughs> so... Yep, 270 easy, and then you did that little vermilion trail thing. Yep. That's still weird that that's a summit, but whatever. And then Ely's Peak with Larry's uh, Lookout, That how confusing was that with the bike trails and stuff? Yeah, it was a little confusing. I put on some extra little loops. I used Strava to get my bearings, but it was all over the place when I looked back at it. I was like, wow, where was <laughs> I going? It's like figure eights on the rocks up there. Uh-huh. So... Larry's Lookout, cool, and then uh, Railroad Vista must have been, that must have been it. Yep, got, um, I heard the train coming, so I was going to try to get there to make a video of the train going over the bridge, but I was on the, you know, the ridge right before that, it dipped down, so Mm -hmm. I was burnt out by the time I got there. Uh, But at least you saw my bandana. 
Yes, the yellow bandana <laughs> is still there. Jeez. I thought that was there on purpose to let people know that's the railroad versus Vista. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm doing the SHD a service to make people know that that's it. It's the but there's that my little note in there from Mark and Molly is still there from two weeks ago, <laughs> so I know that. Hey, I'm turning back where we totally went and got lost within the space-time continuum. Oh, silly. So, anyway, so that brings us to today. <laughs> so, uh, what's next? Um, well, I'm thinking about doing the Ice Age Trail. Okay. Um, so, probably going to start that next week while the, the weather's pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, Hoping to do that across Wisconsin, starting in St. Clair Falls, Wisconsin, ends in Door County, Wisconsin, and it's about 1,200 miles. 1,200 miles of weaving your way through Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely weaving. Excellent. So that's another one of our National Scenic Trails. Awesome. And then you have plans to do one of our, another of the, the crown jewels. One of the big triple crowns? Yeah, Continental Divide Trail. I tried to do that actually this year, but with the COVID thing going on, it was uh, looking not so good with all the uh, trail closures and stuff. So mm-hmm. I was actually in Montana for a week, did 100 miles of it, um, but decided to come home because of all the, the closures. Mm-hmm. So next year for sure, I'm going to try it no matter what. And uh, start on the south side down to Boot Hill, New Mexico, and work my way north. Excellent. Awesome. Well, so we got some some more wonderful things to look forward to. Um, so I suppose a lot of people probably wonder um, the time, the how you, how we're affording it. How what's what would you have to what, what advice would you give somebody who wants to take grand adventures like these? So doing things like this, you can be really frugal money wise. Um, you know, you just think about buying things, um, just food, mm-hmm. uh, just grocery store type food. Mm-hmm. Um, some people will ship stuff and that's nice and convenient and stuff. But I find with all the shipping, um, stuff that you do, uh, for me, it's easier just to buy it. Even if it's a little bit higher price there, you're going to save the money on the shipping costs. So it, it probably just washes in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're on the trail, you're, I'm spending a lot less money on the trail because you're not paying for gas in your car. Mm-hmm. You're not um, going out to eat. You're not doing the stuff at home that you usually do. And a lot of people will sublet out their apartment or rent out their house or something. So you could actually make money, mm-hmm. which I did do uh, a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, so the money thing, um, training for it, just being active, and then, um, you know, just do different things. I do a lot of stair stuff still, um, walk and run up and down stairs, just get used to hills Mm -hmm. and, uh, change it up, you know, bicycling, hiking and all that stuff, a little bit of lifting work. And then also like planning. Um, there's a lot of stuff that you can buy out there. There's a lot of apps that people use. There's a lot of stuff on the internet. You can just kind of sort through and see and, and learn about whatever it is that you want to do. Awesome. Yeah, you must do a lot of research for some of these big projects, right? Yeah, the CDT actually did tons of research, so it was kind of hard when you couldn't, when I mm-hmm. couldn't do or didn't do it, to mm-hmm. just kind of let us like, wow, that was so much work to plan all this. <laughs> You're stuff. all prepared and ready to go, and yeah. oh man, so yeah, I have a lo- I have a bunch of friends who had to put off a few things this last uh, year or so, so 
hopefully we'll get more normal to get back into more people hitting these big adventures. But they're still out there. I mean, there's still lots of cool stuff to do. Yeah, like the 12, 12 summits. Yeah, the 12 summits, what we're doing right now. So, yeah, lots of lots of fun to be had out in the world. Any other things that you have on the horizon or you just kind of let it, let the inspiration come? Yeah, there's some international things, but you know, that's really hard with travel restrictions right now. Yeah, you'll have to put that off for a little while at least. Yeah. So, like Camino Santiago, the Israel National Trail. There's some trails in Nepal. Oh, man. Um, had some big bikes to do all the Americas on a bike from Alaska to South America. That's on the... Hmm. That'd be way table. cool. So, wow. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I'm always excited when I see that usually will all of a sudden be a big download of pictures or something. I'm like, oh, let's see where he is at this time. <laughs> and it, it's been really cool that it seems like we our, our paths usually cross like about once a year or so. Yeah. That we can kind of download everything and hear about everything. So Good to share the stories. Yeah. I always like that we kind of end up getting together, it seems like, at least once a year for something like this. So, like, yeah, like today. And you're done, and I'm like, hey, you still going to be around? We got a campsite in Finland. Yeah. All right, come on up. <laughs> Sit around the fire. So, cool. Well, I'm again, I'm really excited to learn more about your adventures as they come up and just keep keep on keeping on. All right, you too, man. All right, I will. Thanks so much. Yeah. That was a wonderful evening with Mark telling stories around the campfire. I'm still in awe of all these life experiences he's been racking up. The next morning, as we were packing camp, he brought up a story from his over 1,000-mile bicycle ride around Lake Superior, a trip he forgot to even bring up. The next day, as I was talking about this interview with some of my friends, they got mad at me because I didn't ask Mark the big question of why is he doing it. I think we all know why he's doing it. The big question is, why aren't the rest of us doing it? I truly believe that if we have the means, we should all be out there doing what makes us happy. And Mark obviously is. Well, that's our show. I'd like to thank Mark again for taking a break in his life of whirlwind adventure to sit down by the fire with me. And to thanks to you for listening. Until next time, go out and find your own adventure. Even if it's just a short hike in a local park, a day on the river, or an evening bike ride, no matter how long or short it is, all that matters is that you get out and do it. <laughs>